Come on, Maud, you can walk with me and CB. I don't need your help. But she walks with him anyways. <laughs> your floor work's looking great. <laughs> um, Maud sta- uh, hits him in the foot with her cane. Oh, careful, Maud. I think you accidentally hit CB in the foot with your cane there. <laughs> yeah, what a shame. Kathy's just bulldozing to the meeting room. The sooner she can get this done, the better. So she's in the meeting room. They let toddlers yeah. <laughs> in here now? <laughs> oh, sorry. Were you talking to me? Yes. You know, I was going to say real mature, but what should I expect from a community theater instructor? Oh, that's very cute. How's your GPA? And then I lean over to Norman. And it's like, that's a thing you weirdos use, right? <laughs> uh, a, G- a GPA? Like for measuring your grades? Sure, whatever. Hey, how's that? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm sensing some untapped tension in this room. Uh, I think we could all... If I had a nickel for every time someone said that around me, I could kill a child and get away <laughs> with it. I think we would all benefit from a quick breathe in, breathe out, don't you? This is Once Upon a Monster of the Week. Reddington. Getting here was the easy part. Hello, fair listener, and welcome back to Reddington. I'm your narrator, Wendy. On this week's look into Reddington, we are going to observe a group of four new citizens who have received their white letters today. But before we get too far, let's confirm that one of our more potentially light-sensitive citizens can attend the town meeting. Um, yeah, I just have to wear, um, sunglasses. It's kind of just like an eye thing. If I go out during the daytime and it's, like, bright and sunny out, I gotta wear sunglasses or else it's just gonna be, like, not fun for my, you know, migraines, potential retinal damage. If it's, like, raining or snowy or whatever, it's fine. It's just, like, if Edward would sparkle, I gotta wear sunglasses. Whew. They're red, by the way. That's not necessary. It just looks cool. Now that that's been established, our new Parks and Rec Committee can open their white envelopes. Uh, Norman gets out his his regular letter opener, which he keeps in a mug full of other loose pens and pencils on the counter, of course, uh, and rips that bad boy open. CB puts it um, kind of on like a pile on their kitchen counter. Where there's just, like, y- y- there's, like, a Where's Waldo of, like, random dates and letters that they have not opened in, like, five years, ten years, fifteen years. They take it with them to every place. Every so often they're like, I should really just go through that and open everything and find out what's in there. They never do. Unfortunately, the town council does not like to be ignored. And the envelope found its way back on the counter. Great. For Kathy, she's just going to go ahead and open it. Not even glance to see if, like, it's her name on the envelope. She's just going to assume, <laughs> and she's going to open it. Maud doesn't see... Maud doesn't get mail, so she's confused as to how how somebody got her address to put it in her box. So um, she just checks the doors or, like, looks around and see if there's anybody in her home. Sometimes our citizens seem to forget the town council communicates this way. But then they always do remember. The envelopes contain a letter requesting their arrival at Town Hall at 10 a.m. So CB checks to see if it's taxes, because they sure don't pay those. And when they see that it is not taxes, they're like, okay, my curiosity is mildly piqued, and they open it. 
Maud would whip out her burner phone and she pick you know what time it is and she calls Kathy. <laughs> it's a Sunday. She's not in school. I don't care if she is. I need her to answer. I ignore it the first time. <laughs> I leave a really threatening voicemail. It goes something like, Kathy, you little piece of shit, answer the phone. <laughs> and then she hangs up. Immediately. Maud hangs up and calls back. Immediately. And then she hangs up. She hangs up before Kathy can answer the phone so she can leave another voicemail message. And it's like, I know you ain't doing anything. You don't have a life, Kathy. And then she hangs up again, and then she calls back and waits. I was literally about to answer it the second time, and then I get this message. And he said, you're waiting for Kathy to call? Um, yeah. Kathy waits five minutes just to be spiteful. <laughs> Power. Powerful move. Powerful. <laughs> and then she just doesn't have the patience to keep playing, so she calls. What? I need a ride. Well, where and when? I actually, believe it or not, I know it's Sunday, but I have things scheduled Apparently. Okay, you can stop pretending that whatever you have to do is more important than what I have to do. Ma, just tell me where you want to go. Ma, just tell me where you want to go. The town hall. What time? 10 o'clock. Huh. Wait, did did you send me this letter that I got this morning? Are you the police? Why so many questions? (laughs) Just get here. Jesus Christ. I need to be somewhere by 10 o'clock. Not that you care, but I have to be there too. So fine, fine. I'll get you. Hurry up. And then she hangs We up. have 45 minutes, Jesus. Before um, embarking out the door to their 2012 Dodge Neon, <laughs> um, because it is a Sunday, um, CEB has a little, like, miniature spray bottle that they have um, in their gender-neutral tote bag that is covered in terrible Shakespeare quotes. There's like three typos, but it's been rocking and rolling since 1992 and they're not letting go of it. Um, and that is because, um, in case they meet anyone who is wearing any kind of Christian paraphernalia, um, usually they can start like spritzing somebody and that'll take care of the problem. Don't worry. We asked CB what the hell they're talking about. Here's what they had to say. Are you going to stick around a person that just starts, like, spraying water at you randomly? Is it legit holy water, or is it just water? No, oh my god, no, it's not holy water, no, Jesus. It's just, like, regular water, (laughs) so that the people who are wearing, like, a cross or something will just, like, stay away. It's the equivalent of, like, pepper spray, but nicer. So, Norman had been wearing, uh, an old college t-shirt and some basketball shorts, but... He's called to the town council now, so he's going to take the first half an hour to go back upstairs and change into some um, some tasteful khakis and a polo, uh, and, th- and then he is going to drive despite the fact that it's within walking distance in his, let me check my data here, 2014 tan Toyota Sienna minivan. Is he showing a little bit of ankle? Um, he's showing a little bit of sock. You can see that he is wearing white socks with his dress shoes, though. Ooh la la. <laughs> He's kind of a slut. (laughs) Norman Newman is our town selectman and one of the best leaders our town has. In fact, he even knew today was his own white letter day. He's thrilled. But did our town selectman want to know who else was in his group? Uh, I think he has the means to find out who else is in his group, but it, it doesn't feel right. It feels corrupt. So he's like specifically not looked at who's in his group to to be fair to everybody else who doesn't know. 
Kathy focuses in on her discomfort after finding out she and Maude are expected to arrive at the town hall at the same time. Unfortunately, she ends up with a pretty bad migraine. Kathy goes, fuck, thinking's hard, and gets some ibuprofen. This especially is unfortunate, as she remembers that community service is expected of all citizens after they reach a certain age. Our new citizens prepare for the day and check their clocks before heading out the door. Okay, so the previous scene happens um, at about 10.15. Town Hall is about 15 minutes away from CB's house. They arrive at uh, 10.25. There are no casualties. Norman is there at 9.45. You tell me, Kathy. Dragging your feet. What time do we get there? Kathy naturally she knows what time it is she would show up five minutes late just to be fashionably late like that but i don't know Maud. how long does it take you to get your butt up and get to my car um that's the quick part because she gets in and then screams about kathy being late you take your sweet time don't you we literally added five minutes for you just walking over to my car <laughs> then when they get out of the car it takes Maud a good 10 minutes to like pretend it's so difficult to get out of her uh her jeep i'd like to clarify that while it does take cb a rather brief amount of time and they do get there early um they do go to the they do walk to the nearest coffee shop and get one black coffee with a single shot of um vanilla one single pump no cream no sugar just one flavor pump that's exactly what i thought you'd say you fucking director it's french vanilla but to answer your question, I think by the time Maud and I are officially there and out of the car, it's probably like 1020. <laughs> yeah. Norman arrives first to a ramshackled town hall. They really should revamp this building now that I think about it. But that's not what's worth focusing on. Look, it's Norman, one of my dearest friends. I, I see Wendy and I go, hey, looks like they'll let anyone in here. <laughs> I give Norman a polite laugh. I'll be honest, dear listeners, I sometimes don't get Norman's jokes. I walk past Wendy, stop, turn around, look up and down, say, hmm, soprano, and keep walking. Was that, a, was, was that Italian? I turn to look at Carmichael Bow, then remember that they prefer CB. They just put a curse on us? Good morning, CB. I do not respond. It's so good to see you here for your community service. I stop. I turn around and I say, so sorry, fucking what? We have a few minutes before we start. We'll be meeting in the conference room down the hall. No, 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 no. Please pump the brakes. I don't do community service. Norman, can you help CB find the room? If you're a cop, you have to tell me. Of course I'm not a cop. <laughs> I am Wendy. That's great. I don't know who, I don't know that name. I don't know who you are. All I know is that community service is the thing that you do when you get caught. You've got nothing on me. What do you mean? Everyone in Reddington does community service. I'm so oh sorry. God. I've been so are rude. Are you like one of those commune towns? Wendy, this is my good friend CB. He does those funny little shows with the uh, high schoolers over at the theater. CB, oh yes, this ha, is ha, Wendy. Ha, we go is way so back. very funny, psychopath. Is that the next one you're doing? It's the one we did previously. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the uh, uh, swords in that one. That was good. I saw it. I saw it. Twice. I'm shocked. At CB's tone of frustration, I gesture my head to Norman, 
to maybe get CB to start moving down the hall. I think I am now. I, I think I think I realize that this is not going to be the the fun. Like we're all meeting each other that I thought it was going to be. So I'm like. Sibi does not uh, start following at first, but then realizes that to continue this argument, they do have to walk with him. And they're like, uh, do I really want to? Yeah, I want to engage in this. And they keep walking. <laughs> they choose violence. No, yeah, Wendy's just a good old bud there, eh? You know, we go way back. She's a, she's a real gem. Real live wire. Real jokester. I don't care about your personal life. <laughs> you are You are so funny. You have such a dry sense of humor. As Norman and CB started down the hall, I stayed in the lobby to meet our other guests, Kathy and Maude, as they arrived. Right as Kathy comes in, I say very loudly, Oh yeah, I bet you would know about making people dry. I I was a lifeguard for a summer at the Reddington Community Pool. I'm not Don't really tempt sure. me. In into swimming? I'm not I, I don't really follow you. I see that Kathy is there, and I immediately get really quiet. Oh, look, Maud and Kathy are here. <laughs> so, quick question for Maud, because um, I know you said like you're taking time, but I don't know how much of it's an act and how much is real. Would you be making Kathy like help move you to places, or are you walking on your own? Well, she's fine as she gets in the building. But when she gets in the building, and she hears this conversation between CB and Norman and Wendy, and she hears that. She figures that they're all here for this community service. Um, I think they make this educated. She goes, follow my lead, kid. And then she just pretends to collapse into Kathy's arms. <laughs> and she says, oh, my goodness, I can barely get I could barely get out of the house. Thank you. You're such a peach for helping your little grand grand auntie. Um, and then she sees Wendy and she says, um, oh, Miss Wendy, is, the, is there any... I don't know, she just assumes her name, I guess. Is there any way that we could uh, hurry this up, whatever it is, because I gotta get back and get my legs put up, and the sweet young child has to come help me. While Maud does that, I don't just want to drop her, but I'm just gonna lightly <laughs> put her on the ground, and I'm gonna I'm gonna breeze past Wendy and go, she's your problem now, and I just start going down the hall. <laughs> don't want to do community service, but I ain't putting with Maud's bullshit. We're not doing this today. I smile at Maud, knowing all about her background. If you will, please head to the conference room so we can get this meeting started. That would be wonderful. Uh, she gives her the nastiest look and just grab, picks up her cane and just hobbles towards the meeting room. Come on, Maud, you can walk with me and CB. I don't need your help, but she walks with him anyways. <laughs> your floor work's looking great. <laughs> um, Maud sta- uh, hits him in the foot with her cane. Oh, careful, Maud. I think you accidentally hit CB in the foot with your cane there. <laughs> yeah, what a shame. Kathy's just bulldozing to the meeting room. The sooner she can get this done, the better. So she's in the meeting room. They let toddlers yeah. <laughs> in here now? <laughs> oh, sorry. Were you talking to me? Yes. You know, I was going to say real mature, but what should I expect from a community theater instructor? Oh, that's very cute. How's your GPA? And then I lean over to Norman and it's like, that's a thing you weirdos use, right? <laughs> uh... A, G- a GPA? Like, for measuring your grades? Sure, whatever. Hey, how's that? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm sensing some untapped tension in this room. Uh, I think we could if all... If I had a nickel for every time someone said that around me, I could kill a child and get <laughs> away with it. I think we would all benefit from a quick breathe in, breathe out, don't you? 
And while Kathy's being catty, it finally registered with her that Norman is also in this room. She's just like, oh, God, and just tries to move as far away from this situation as she can. All right, breathe in. No. I'm completely ignoring him. I'm saying, oh, yes, you run. You are not on the clock right now. I don't have to do anything you say. I said breathe in. <laughs> and My let's all let it out. <laughs> don't tell me not to do. We're not that kind of relationship. <laughs> When Norman says breathe in, Kathy blows out. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Take it in your own direction. You know, that's important. Damn it. I could hear the grumblings through the door, so I decided to make the beverage cart more comforting by adding what I know to be their favorites. I then gave them some space to enjoy their treats. Yeah, Wendy, that is so kind of you. CB takes a can of, like, Diet Pepsi and, like, takes a sip and then spits it back out, like, really subtly into the can and continues to do this every so often for the rest of the scene. <laughs> they do not choose anything else. They're having an awful day. All of their least favorite people are in the same room. Usually that only happens at the Tonys. <laughs> Norman Norman claps a hand on Wendy's shoulder and says, How are the kids? But I don't know whether or not Wendy has kids. <laughs> I give Norman what I hope is a smile before replying. It's so good to have you all start your community service today. We already have a problem that we need your help with. Ooh. Don't we all, girl? Uh, Maud plops down in an empty corner of the room in a chair. CB is standing. The moment they can leave, they're going to. Kathy's staring at her phone. Probably on Twitter. That sounds right. The fall festival is next weekend. We need your help planning it. Why? Ugh. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so sorry. I knew this day was coming. I knew this was coming. I knew they were doing assignments soon, and I didn't want to ruin the surprise for anybody, so I didn't say anything, but I had no idea that we were going to end up on fall festival duty, you guys. So sorry, quick clarification. Um, Which sect of paganism uh, is this fall festival for? Because... I've seen some very, very interesting takes on that particular celebration, and I just want to make sure we're all on the same page before I start suggesting things. Like, legally. I think we should do a corn maze. Okay, that clarifies it. <laughs> Kathy runs... <laughs> Kathy runs up to Wendy and's like, is there any way that I could possibly reschedule this? You know, like homecoming's coming up soon and it's kind of a big deal for me. And like, like of how course you're right, Kathy. Homecoming is a big part of the fall festival. But you see why I can't plan it. It wouldn't really make sense for me to plan an event that I would be attending. Rest assured. Everyone in Reddington will be attending the fall festival. Everyone in town will be attending, you guys. While they're, while they're hearing this, CB kind of like mutters under their breath, oh, right, someone's going to ask you. I, I get a little closer to Wendy and I'm like, okay, I, I, I see how you want to handle this. So like, how much? Like, seriously, <laughs> money is no option. There. Like, how much? I gave Kathy what I hoped was a smile and patted her shoulder. Don't touch me. Don't worry. This is just your civic duty. Once you've made the town council happy, you'll be free from community service. That was worded very creepy, creepily, but okay, and she has a little awkward shoulder maneuver out of the way. I can make the town council happy right now. Given CB's history, I was not sure how serious to take them. I decided a quick exit was the best option. Okay. And Maud says- Bye. Maud, like, runs over to your group. 
not races. She Maud says, runs? <laughs> she hobbles quickly. She says, listen, guys, I've been in a suicide cult before, and I know what that looks like. I think we're in danger. Ah, Maud, you are too much. Let's get started. I think we should have a pumpkin carving contest, but everybody gets a prize. This is Norman just is like beaming. you millennials. You all I just, want a participation trophy. I want to no, say something. I want to say something, you. but I want to hear. I just want Norman to keep coming up with ideas. This is great. <laughs> if we stay but quiet long enough, do- Norman will do the work for us. <clears throat> We could do, like, paper plate awards, so it's not, like, a first, second, third. Like, we could do the scariest and, like, the prettiest and, uh, like, the most detailed so that everybody gets a prize, but it's all different. You know what? You've got it covered. <laughs> so, enjoy. What? You guys... I mean, you guys don't want me to do all the planning by myself. I would love uh, that. You're so good at it. Okay, but hear me oh. out. I'm not going to compliment you, but I sure will say you can do whatever you want. But hear me out. I'm getting the sense not all of us want to be here. I hear you, Maud. But the thing is, Wendy's not here anymore. Why don't we just... leave? That's the first good idea you've ever had in your life, Tiny. Shut up. Wendy, you start over the door. <laughs> you got Norman runs, bolts, and fucking no! stands in front of the door, and is like, you guys can't leave. It's our civic duty. We having our first fight? <laughs> is this how it begins? Okay. I will okay, take okay, all let's... of you down. Okay. Here's my thing. I think thing. we should use eye statements. And I'm not gonna. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume how tall Norman is. Um, just like average, just like regular. Okay, no, no. Here's my I thing. I use the bribing method, but we already know that doesn't work. CB on you, is CB is five foot four inches. Are you taller than them? Um, like like regular. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd say like a little, maybe a little taller. It's just like regular, just like in the middle. Okay, so CB um stops in front of them, kind of like looks to see if they can like duck under like his arm. Realizes this is just like not going to work. And takes a step back, like, okay. All right, one of us is going to have to move, and if it's you, the janitor's going to have to be here. Well, I mean, I, I guess you guys can leave if you want. I just don't understand you're so why you're correct. not as ex- We can. Get out of my way. I point to the opposite corner of the room and go, Norman, look, there's a child who wants to talk about their feelings. <laughs> you're not kidding me with that one again. <laughs> <laughs> not even mad. You guys, this is our opportunity to step up as citizens of Reddington. Like, when we, if we show the town council what we're capable of, you know, it could really open some doors for us and for our different parts of town. We need everybody involved. I mean, Kathy, you're the hip young element. CB, you're the, um, No, say like the what arts. you were going to say. No, the arts is important. And, and we need that. We need a sense of summonship. Wow, you know, who's one gonna... adjective. Uh, uh... And you were a great communicator. You are an excellent communicator. I never have to guess what you're thinking. And that's great. I'm going to let you just move on from that personal garbage fire. Keep going. Do grandma next. And Maud, well, you're, you know, you're the smartest of any of us here. Oh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Listen, that's all I got to say. I don't got anything else. She's blushing. Well, sorry, did you say my name? Kathy was on Twitter this whole time. <laughs> yeah, Kathy, I was saying you're the hip. Yeah, oh, forget it. Um, but <laughs> if we show that we're capable of managing the budget for this, you know, Kathy's back on Twitter. <laughs> I heard budget and immediately started tuning everything out. More importantly, they won't 
bother us again for another year. You have I my know. attention. We only get to do it once per year. Kathy's like, fine. Out of my way, gay boy. I'm about to get it. And by get it, I mean personal privacy. <laughs> As Kathy agrees to help with the fall festival, her headache and any resulting damage suddenly vanish. Oh yeah, I took ibuprofen. You know, you really should make the switch to acetaminophen. It's supposed to be much better for you. No, never mind. I heard acetaminophen. That's something you young people don't have to worry about. <laughs> Mod's got a bag of pills out. Oh, or no, she opens oh. up, she's open, opening up her dust, uh, like her little house coat, <laughs> and uh, she's got them like the guy who's selling watches. Just bottles and bottles of pills. Wow, you are prepared for anything. Oh, sick. If I'm going to be doing this, I'm going to need just a little bit of ecstasy. I like the pink ones. Oh, and prices just went up. I'm sorry. Inflation. Fuck off. You know what? I would say that doing your civic duty is a sense of ecstasy sometimes. You know? Am I right, guys? I pity your wife if she's not dead already. I am unmarried. Well, fuck me then. Excuse me? That wasn't a request. <laughs> no, I just didn't hear what you said. It probably wasn't important. Never mind. Yeah, I, li I like to think of Reddington as my wife. Why'd you all get so quiet? <laughs> what an intense standoff. Thankfully, they're all about to get a phone call that should break up some of this tension. Is Norman still guarding the door? Well, I guess I'll get that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Norman's willing to do the work. Why would I stop him? Well, we'll all do the work. But... You keep telling yourself that. Go answer the phone. No, let's all grab for the phone at the same time. That'll really, that'll really do it. Oh, did you see that on one of your little TV shows? Is that what they did in Euphoria? I'm not even talking to you. You guys, uh, let's, let's. <laughs> keep it down when we're on the phone, all right? <laughs> the group all leave this meeting room to search for the ringing phone that someone must answer. I volunteer Norman. <laughs> I look at you guys, I'm like, did you, did anybody, because I'll get it if nobody else wants. Okay, I'll get it, I'll get it. Back on Twitter. <laughs> Mod's pretending she doesn't hear anything. It's the deafness. As Norman opens the door to this ringing phone, he finds his own town selectman office. I get an office? Wow. And I pick up the phone and I say, hey, hello, Norman Newman, the normal human speaking. <laughs> Hi, Norman. Uh, this is Barnabas Charlie calling from the news team. Um, we just got a call that there were unicorns on the loose. Is that something your department could take care of? He's doing that thing where he punch, like pinches the receiver between his ear and his shoulder. And he's like taking notes in the other hand with his free hands. I, I blow out a long steam of air and I say, <sighs> okay, uh, how many? Great. Um, several? Several. Okay. I'm not there, but they refer to it as a flock. Okay. Um, all right. Let's uh, call up some of those big truck boys, you know, the, the kids in town with their big trucks, see if they can block off any main thoroughfares. Uh, looks like rodeo season's coming early, am I right? <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get we'll get right out there. I'll, I'll take care of that. Ha anything else I can do for you? Um... Yes, actually. Uh, if you could give us a call afterwards, we'd love to write a story about you. Print it in the paper. Yeah, you got it. All right. Hey, you have a blessed day. All right. All right. I'll see you soon. You too. Uh, thanks so much, Norman. And I, and I hang up the phone. CB kind of just like, you know, the noise you make when you like stub your toe on the corner of the furniture. Yes. They make that when he says, have a blessed day. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn back to my my dear friends. <laughs> And I let out a long stream of air, and then I clap my hands together and I say, Okay, so, good news and bad news, which one do you want first? Neither. Let's go home. <laughs> Alright, I'll start with the bad news. So we're gonna have to postpone planning the fall festival. The good news is, 
we do get to spend some more time serving our community, which I know we're all very passionate about, uh, and together. So well, why is this a we effort? This seems like your office, your space, therefore your job. Well, it's my office, but I'm... Tell us what happened, yeah. Norman. Oh, you can hear again, Maud. Congrats. So... She flips her off. <laughs> it sounds like, by accident, I'm sure, you know, these things happen... Uh, the unicorns downtown did get out again. Um, don't need to tell you how bad that was the last time that happened. Uh, so we're going to need to rally up a couple folks, see if we can't, you know, get, get those little guys back where they started, you know? God, I, I told my family I wanted a pet unicorn, but Uncle Bob was like, there's no way you can fit one in an apartment. Your Uncle Bob is a wise man. Well, I'm just saying, if we had one, there'd be one less one on the streets. Well, so that's... somebody let a bunch of wild animals loose? Well, yes, I... that's called high school, I'm told. Maud looks at CB suspiciously. Oh, for fuck's sake, that was... They can't um, prove anything about me last time. Just gonna... And I've been here all of today. Before you guys get really into that, I just do want to shoehorn this. They do, for, you know, legal reasons... Um, have a couple of bugs in my office, so don't say anything that you you wouldn't want everybody to know. I just like to be honest about that. I just like to be honest about that. Sorry, Norman, so where's the part where this is a we effort? Well, I mean, it's our town, isn't it? Speak for yourself. Well, Wait, did you say your office is bugged? Uh, yeah, just just. Did an you ex- say the feds are listening in? No, I don't know who it's... You should really call an exterminator about that. I think... I don't know that it's the feds. I They won't tell me who it goes to, Excuse actually. Excuse me. Um, me, Maud, a very uh, vital citizen of the community and a role model, uh, <laughs> I think we should we should step up and help people. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's get the let's get the unicorns. Excellent, Maud. I couldn't have said it better myself. CB turns to her. They do not understand how technology works. CB turns to her and says, "Are you possessed?" <laughs> Um, no, CB, I know. Who do all the bugs talk to? Um, your bugs are pretty, uh, pretty insulated. This this is something completely different. Ants? Oh my god, I'm sick of this old people talk. Fine, if it gets us out of here faster, where are they? The bugs? Uh, <laughs> that's sort of, um, all over it sounds like. You know what? My car has the most seats. So I think it makes sense if we all go together. Oh, I know how this ends. No, thank you. <laughs> I I don't follow you. And you never will. <laughs> okay, well, I know you drove your, um, wh- what is that again that you have out there? A car. I'm sure you have one as well. Yeah, no, I I parked right next to you because I thought maybe, like, while we're in the meeting, our cars could talk to each other. Like, I know they don't actually, but wouldn't that be funny? Hilarious. If our, if our cars were friends like we are, that'd be funny. Um... Yeah, so if you want to drive your car, everybody else can come in mine, and we can go downtown and get a finger on the pulse of the situation, and yeah, get those get those varmints back where they belong. Yeehaw! Let's get the finger on the pulse, Norman. Stupendous! I'm going to exit this conversation, get into my car. Nobody listen for the next five minutes, and I'll meet you there. Um, CB is planning to scream very, very loudly with their head against the windshield. <laughs> All right, go team. Kathy goes, well, I already drive Maud around in my Jeep, and there's no way I can add another uncool person, so fine. I'll be in the back. 
And then she hops in the back of your car and she goes back on Twitter. Does she does she sit in the very back? Because it is a minivan, so there are three rows total. Yes, she goes as far back as she can. <laughs> okay, she's in the very back. Yes. <laughs> um, and Norman opens the door to the car for Maud because he was raised right. <laughs> she hobbles in. I know all you listeners would be just as excited as I am to know what the inside of Norman's car is like. It's got like a couple personal effects in it. Like it like it's pretty clean it's not like right off the lot clean but he has like a few too many maps stuffed into the door like maybe he thinks he's gonna travel a lot more than he actually does um and he has like a like a cd holder that's attached to the uh the the shade at the top and it's all like there's like some fleetwood mac in there yeah <laughs> and, uh... taste like a couple of of his own CDs that are burned, and they say like "Summer Mix" with two X's. <laughs> and he ha- he has one of those phone mounts that you can put your phone in on the dashboard, so you don't have to look down at it while you're navigating. <laughs> As Kathy and Maud got into Norman's car, I worried, dear listeners, about what CB would do. Uh, CB waits for them to leave, walks outside. Gets into their car. I misspoke. They put their head down on the steering wheel. Um, They make a really, really loud, agonized noise that's drawn out for about two minutes because they've got good breath control. And then they peel out. There is the smell of burned rubber afterwards. Still worried about what CB would do, I watched to see if they would follow Norman. No, they're taking a route that's an extra five minutes longer on purpose. I gotta ask, what musicals do you be listening to while on this ride? They're not. It's just dead silence. They're like white-knuckled the steering wheel. To get through the tense car ride, each person in the car remembers back to their past experience with Unicorn. CB was definitely the person who let out the unicorns. <laughs> like the previous time that they had mentioned on the phone. Unfortunately, CB is not responsible for this unicorn release. Yeah, so there's like a rotating cast of like people who are like trying to work summer jobs or whatever to the family of intern Carl. I ate another one. <laughs> the unicorns don't care. While it is not uncommon... For the unicorns to escape their pen, it isn't common for them to be so far into town. As a result, CB is aware that this is unfortunately not a planned release prank. Yeah, because I didn't do it. Norman Norman knows a little bit. He's like a little bit too much of a city boy to like know exactly what's going on. But like maybe he's worked the fall festival before and they have like a petting booth or they have like a couple in like saddles for the younger kids to ride around on for like a couple dollars i think for kathy just to go off like the pet thing and now that you said they were sheep i'd like to speak into canon that this town might have a petting zoo and i would i imagine a situation where she was like with her uncle and went full-on veruca salt like i want the unicorn and like no we can't fit that in an apartment plus it's the equivalent of a real world sheep so that's just a terrible idea and Kathy is just incredibly bitter about that to this day. Um, Maude, I think, like, a lot of things. So the first time she ever saw a unicorn was, like, 1975. And it was, like, post a really hard night in the club. And she was, like, rolling a little bit. And she thought that the unicorn might be a hallucination. Um, and it was uh, later that she found out that 
it's not. It's not a hallucination. Um, or she's not quite sure if any, if everybody's fucking with her or not. Like maybe it, maybe it, maybe it is. Maybe she's just gonna go with it. As our Parks and Rec group arrive, they find unicorns milling about throughout local shops and the town square. Oh no, we just put that sod down. I guess. Question: How big? Are the unicorns like? Are we like full on horse size? Are they smaller like sheep? Can they be the size of the ponies from My Little Pony? Yes, because apparently someone did the measurements and they would come up to about waist height on an average cis man, and I think that's really cute. That works. So, because I imagine if we're all, out, I'm assuming we're all out of the car. Kathy goes to one of like one one of the I keep wanting to say sheep unicorns that's just kind of eating grass. And she just starts to pet it and just like, I could have taken you home. You could have been my pet. And then she tries to kind of sit on it. Kind of for going my little pony sides. She's trying to live her dream of having her own pet unicorn that she could ride. So she's gonna try to sit on it. One of the unicorns starts trying to like chew on the hem of CB's pants and they keep trying to like kick it away. Concerned for reimbursement cost for CB's pants, we double check that the unicorns are not eating an expensive pair of pants. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're from uh they're yeah. from Sheen. No, they're like well well what see well what season is this? The autumn festival is coming up and we get to organize it. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like a norm. It's like a norm. It's like the normal pair of like wool trousers that every single guy above five f- five foot eight inches owns. I'll never have to worry about that. <laughs> and God bless that shit's so itchy. Um, they're smaller than Mud thought they would be. Um, the unicorns. So she's just kind of like, uh, watching from a distance. The protector's eyes land on the bloody remains. Of what? I take back Kathy trying to ride the unicorn. There are more (laughs) important things to look at. Bloody remains of a unicorn or of something else? After a moment, it is clear the remains are from something else. CB suddenly remembers they skipped breakfast. That's not true. You had that coffee. (laughs) Girl, if you think coffee is breakfast. Uh Uh-oh, I'm mentally ill. (laughs) No, I meant because there's like a bloody body. Hey, that's pretty funny, Newt. We don't know that it's a dead body. We know that it's a bloody mass. That could come from anything. Okay, have you been around horses? That shit's dead. Where are are the unicorns when they're not out and about? Like, where should they be? In Reddington, our unicorn herder lives on the edge of town. Unicorns are typically sweet, docile creatures similar to sheep. Is there, like, one particular farmer that is in charge of them? Oh, got it. I think I might be jumping the gun. But. Oh, so we need to hunt down the farmer. No. Oh no. We might not. <laughs> we might not have to. Hey, besties, I think he's like dead because, as we have previously <laughs> established via Newt's knowledge of horses, he is on the ground and there are <laughs> horses nearby. We don't know that that's him. He was clearly the weakest link. We don't know that that's survival him. of the fittest, my dudes. We don't know that that's him. Should have been faster. I guess. We don't know. We don't know. It's horses. It's unicorns. That's a horse with a built-in knife. Fine, then he's like a magical body. (laughs) He's like a magical body. They magically trampled him with their hooves because horses don't care. If you're taking a little nap in the middle of the ring, they will, like, walk on top of you and their hooves are, like, 
giant anvils. Please tell me we're having this conversation in character because that's no. just hysterical. No. I wasn't doing my character voice. <laughs> right, yeah. He, they just like randomly developed a very strong country accent. It's, it's, it wasn't relevant to the journey beforehand. I think I would like to do my best to identify the body. Citizens first, you know? As our protectors observe the scene, Norman is able to find a familiar hat and staff. One of those staffs with a curly hook? A shepherd's crook? Yeah, yeah, like a shepherd's crook. Yes, a shepherd's crook. Thank you. Uh, I, th I think Norman sees the hat of the unicorn herder and goes over and puts it on so that he can take it off out of respect for the fallen. Are his pants anywhere? Like, I want to check his pockets. Or God damn, uh, Identification or address. They're on him, I hope. <laughs> I mean, his body's in pieces, so. As Maud looks for Jeffrey's pants, she is successful in finding them under one of the bloody unicorns. Okay, I search his pockets. This entire time, CB has been, like, absolute white-knuckled. I'm not going to do this shit in public, but goddamn, that's a lot of blood. While the situation would be gruesome for anyone, CB is struggling a little more than everybody else, given all the blood and mess on the ground. If they don't get out of there soon, things could get worse. I hope something nice happens. Great, leaving situations without saying anything. Going to be so easy. Um. So Kathy sees the whole hat thing, realizing it's a person, is full-on mortified by her grandma, but she's just not here for this shit. It's not her place to pull her back. This is not a great situation to be in, as much as she loves unicorns. Kathy's unicorn knowledge from her unicorn girl days came back as if she was still on the playground, swapping unicorn stickers and toys. Yeah, I could see Kathy being like the horse girl of unicorns. That, that was probably a phase she had. Her parents were rich. She probably was. <laughs> After a moment, she remembered that unicorns, while dangerous, would never attack unless provoked. They're just too lazy. To act off of that real quick, is there, like, the unicorns are kind of near us, away from us, just kind of all over? They're not, like, spooked at all now. While the unicorns do not look dangerous, they are, in fact, all over the town square. As our group of protectors survey the damage... A shop owner comes barging out. <laughs> Get them out of here! Why are there unicorns in town square? Hey, good morning, friend. Uh, we're just, you know, mourning the uh, unexpected and <laughs> evidently very violent downfall of Farmer Jeff. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, but rest assured, we are working on the unicorn situation. Uh, and any feedback is celebrated and welcome at this time speak for yourself get them out of my shop before they poop on everything while observing our group of protectors i did have to wonder do unicorns poop gold kathy yells from the back yeah they can sometimes do that because she's now trying to go toward a unicorn to pet it the closest unicorn to kathy that isn't too spooked or agitated when she gets close is unfortunately covered in a lot of blood oh no is this the only unicorn that's covered in blood? While it is not the only unicorn in need of a bath, it is by far the bloodiest. Like, some of them were in the splash zone, but this <laughs> is like, this is our perpetrator. Fucking shampoo ask murder? That's awful. So Kathy, Kathy stands there, and she just takes a moment of silence. She looks at this 
unicorn covered in blood, this, this gorgeous little creature, no fault of its own. And then she looks down at the designer outfit that she's wearing and says, not worth it. And then she goes with the group. CB watches this and says, you'll be fine. Just don't fucking feed him after midnight. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, <laughs> I think I think Norman, after Kathy leaves, would like to approach that same unicorn and sort of get down uh, on a knee to get at its level. We've established that they're sort of short. And just like in a very understanding voice, be like, I'm sure you did what you felt you had to do at the time. And we all deal with grief and strain in different ways. Um, Don't just go through it. Grow through it. Comforted by Norman's words, the unicorn sheds a tear. (laughs) Norman's crying too. Norman's crying too. CB turns to Kathy and says, oh, look, he's equating you to the horse. Kathy watches this and goes, but you don't kill someone when you're going through that. Well, we all deal with going through it differently, Kathy, and I don't think it's our place to cast judgment. Speak for yourself. Norman supports murder. Got it. All right. Noted. I don't support murder. I support murderers. Okay. That's what they need right now. If you really supported murderers, you would leave. I th- you know, I'm going to speak in I statements. I found that very hurtful. Good. Thank you for listening to Once Upon a Monster of the Week. Reddington's monsters are controlled by Meg Griffin. Episodes are edited by Alex Lavelle and produced by Robert Chauncey. Thank you to Red Speaks for being my human version of a jar of paper slips with monster ideas on them. Thank you also to Michael Sands and Evil Hat for the Monster of the Week gaming system used in this podcast. We will be back in two weeks with a new group to follow. Until then... You can find the links in our show notes for all of our social media. Please also check out our Patreon. Even for $1, you can do some exciting things, like donate your name to our town roster. And if you are enjoying the show, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review. Once Upon a Monster of the Week is part of Haunted Griffin Entertainment. Please check out our website for more of our shows. Today's episode guest starred Isaiah Rothstein as Barnabas Crawley. Today's episode starred Newt Shottlecotty as C.B. Scottsdale, Gina Morvek as Kathy Pines, Katina Reeves as Maud, Theo Wampuzik playing Norman Newman, 